1: This is a Virgin Media Originals podcast
2: series. Hello, you're very welcome to The Tonight Show. We get the latest on the Gardaí's investigation into the brutal murders of two men in County Sligo. Leader of Opposition, Mary Lou MacDonald, joins us live in studio tonight to talk cost of living, climate change and what Sinn Féin would do differently. The government announces further measures to help households with the rising cost of energy. Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, maintains that there is no more that the government can do.
3: Uh, so I've now used and put in place all of the tax measures that I can uh, and uh, I have uh, no plans uh, uh, and indeed for many of the taxes that are still available to be no capacity to make any further changes with regard to them.
2: Do get in touch on Twitter with your comments and your questions. It's hashtag tonight, VMTV. First, tonight we go live to virgin media news correspondent paul quinn who is in sligo for us tonight for the latest on the brutal murders of two men in the town paul it is a case that has really really i think shocked so many people what else do we know about the two victims at this point
0: kira look it's hard to believe that uh, last night when i was speaking to you that uh, garthy had launched one murder inquiry here in sligo and yet 24 hours on and here we are. Two major uh, murder inquiries have been launched in Sligo tonight. Uh, An incident room has been set up here at Sligo Garthay Station. A significant number uh, of members of the Garthay are involved in this operation. Uh, Around 10.30 last night, Garthay were called to a house on Connachton Road, a quiet cul-de-sac, a small number of houses. There they found uh, the body of a man who had suffered significant and serious physical injuries. Uh, Today that man was named as 58-year-old Michael Snee, he had lived in the house on his own with his dog, uh, he had a number of family members and was well known here in uh, the Sligo area of course uh, just uh, 48 hours before that Gardaí made the grim discovery in Cartron Heights at the home of Aidan Moffat, the 42 year old originally from Roscommon but living and working here in Sligo, they had discovered his body at a house there, he had also suffered as we know uh, uh, significant injuries and uh, died violently uh, as well at his home so it's uh, it's been a, a very Very difficult uh, couple of days here in Sligo and Garthi, as I say, launching two separate murder investigations. And I suppose people will be wondering why why are there two separate investigations? Uh, There will be two separate teams working on this. These are big operations for the Garthi, and uh, we know that they are one definite line of inquiry. However, is that these two incidents are linked? They're also looking here at the possibility that a third incident may be linked to this. Uh, on Friday, a man in the town was attacked and was uh, injured in his eye, on his face, uh, uh, on Friday as well, and he suffered significant injuries. And they're looking at perhaps whether there's a connection between all three. Now, in the early hours of this morning, at around a quarter to two, there was a lot of activity here in Sligo, an intense operation. The armed support unit, members of the Gardaí, arresting a man in his 20s on suspicion of murder. And he's been held here at Sligo Garda station tonight.
2: And at this point, Paul, what are the Guardies saying about a possible um, motive for these awful killings?
0: Yeah, they're 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 keeping uh, their cards close to their chest, as you would imagine, Kira. This is a a very sensitive investigation. Uh, they're saying they're keeping an open mind as well. Now, of course, one thing that they have mentioned is that they're looking at the possibility that this was a hate related motive behind this, and that Michael and Aidan that they may have met their killer online or on an app. That's definitely one line of inquiry. Uh, Garthi asked about this at a press conference today didn't want to go into too much detail. They said their job is about gathering the evidence, whether that be CCTV, forensic, social media, online activity, and it will be up to a court then to prove the motive behind these heinous attacks.
2: Uh, local people, I'm sure, Paul, are very shocked as details of what happened to these two individuals emerge.
0: It's absolutely shocking. There's, um, I, I, I think Sligo is on edge tonight, Kira. if I'm honest. I think people are devastated everywhere you go, into a shop, into a cafe, it's what people are talking about and, you know, they're talking because they're concerned, they're worried, they knew these two men, they were well-known in the community and it's really hit home to them and they can't get their head around how two individuals uh, can be murdered in such a, a brutal way. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's just devastating. There's no words to describe how they're feeling. You know, people, speaking to people that Michael uh, knew his neighbours today, he was such a quiet, lovely man that he, you know, if you needed anything, he was always there, but he wasn't in your face. He, he just kept himself to himself, and it's, you know, it's, it's been a very difficult few days in Sligo, and I think they're going to be a very difficult few days ahead, and also in Roscommon, where Aidan Moffat's family are.
2: And meanwhile, in a separate incident in Dublin, I understand uh, a woman has been arrested following the discovery of the body of an elderly uh, woman. What more can you tell us at this point?
0: Yeah, so the woman in her 80s was discovered at her home in dublin a city centre in dublin's north inner city uh, just before midday today uh, garthy were called to the scene it's understood that the woman uh, was stabbed and uh, shortly afterwards a woman in her 40s uh, was arrested and garthy tonight saying they are following a definite line of inquiry
2: and just very briefly um the individual who's been held in sligo how long can that person be held for uh paul when would we expect an update
0: yes so, he was arrested shortly before 2 o'clock this morning. Now, he's been held under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act, which means that he can be held for 24 hours. However, when you take into rest periods and breaks, uh, there can be some extension to that. Now, as I say, he was arrested uh, just before 2 o'clock this morning. Uh, he could potentially be held for until some time tomorrow evening, but at some point, either at late tomorrow or perhaps even early Friday, depending on how things go, uh, detectives will have to make a decision on whether to charge or to release him.
2: All right, Paul Quinn, uh, thank you for that update. Now, I'd like to welcome to the studio leader of Sinn Féin, Mary Lou MacDonald. Uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, you're very welcome to the programme. Um, Look, the confirmation of the motive uh, behind those awful killings, the Guardian said, look, that's for the courts Mm -hmm. to decide, but they are truly heinous crimes and families, no doubt, absolutely devastated and communities left
4: worried and bereft this evening. Yeah, well, I, I think Paul uh, reported it there that Sligo Town is now on edge. Indeed, the whole country is on edge hearing the horrific uh, news of the the gruesome murders of Michael and Aidan. I was talking to Martin Kenny, who's our TD in, in that uh, vicinity, and he said both men were well-known, well-respected, loved And nobody expects this to happen anywhere. But in Sligo Town, I mean, the two men lived within maybe a quarter of a mile of each other. So an arrest has been made. We have to allow that process now to take its course. But all I can say is my heart goes out to the family, the friends, the wider community this evening. And indeed, as you referred there in my own neck of the woods in the north inner city, we've had horrific news of a death death. Um, and I know the family concerned, and that that community too is numbed by by this news. So it's been a really hard couple of days, hasn't it, with with these uh, incidents? So the the Gardaí have to do their job. Justice has to, you know, take its course. But I send just my sense of solidarity to everybody who's been hurt and who's frightened now yeah, by, we, by these We uh, express events. our
2: sympathies to yeah. here on, on the programme to those uh, families. Uh, I just want to come to some news that's just broken just before we came on air. It was a statement from the Minister of Health uh, regarding um, the now abandoned uh, secondment uh, of Tony Hulliman, the uh, former CEO, or CMO rather, to uh, Trinity College Dublin. Um, the Minister says, and I'll just uh, read you some of his statement, uh, that he received the briefing note from Robert Watt, Um, on Monday, um, he said it outlined the context for the secondment. He said that there had been criticism of the department and the criticism had been kind of accepted. um, it should have been communicated earlier how the arrangement came about. It acknowledges that there's lessons to be learned. And it goes on to say that there will be an external uh, expert appointed to carry out a wider review of this. Uh, And he also goes on to say that scrutiny of public servants or civil servants should be devoid of personalised commentary and they are working in good faith with good intentions. What do you make of that?
4: Well, I mean, this is a a change in position from the minister and the government. They're now going to have an external review. I mean, initially, as you know, the plan was for there to be very much an internal review. He has this briefing note. Uh, Now, it's not clear if that's going to be made public. I think it would be helpful if it is. And uh, you see, our our problem here is that all of this is not an isolated incident. We've seen this before. We've seen the government, not to mind civil servants, move outside of established practice and regulations in terms of uh, pay hikes, in terms of, of appointments. So there shouldn't probably be any great surprise that when members of cabinet and government behave in that way, that so the civil service the system will act uh, in a similar way so the lessons here are actually quite straightforward and simple the the lesson has to be firstly that ministers have to be in charge of their departments and that's not to intrude on the work or the expertise within the civil service which is immense let me acknowledge that fully but ministers at the end of the day the book stops with them. So that means they need to be on their game, they need to be alert to what's happening uh, around them. Secondly, neither ministers, the government in its totality, or, senior, or or civil servants of any rank have the authority or the scope to disregard standard procedures and to make it up as they go along, if I can use that phrase. And you feel those, that's what happens here? Those are very simple lessons and... It's high time that government learns them. And I hope that this isn't simply a delaying mechanism to kick something, the can down there. Are, I have no interest in personalised commentary around anyone. As a matter of fact, I thought it most unfortunate that the CMO got dragged into this whole sorry mess from start to finish. And that's what happens when procedures and standards aren't adhered to, third parties get dragged into a mess. And this was a mess of the department and let let it be said, the ministers. So is this external review then necessary if, as you say, the lessons to be learned are very clear? Well, look, um, it, it's, it's better that the lessons uh, be listed and landed on by an external entity rather than an internal process but this should be short and sharp and snappy this would not take terribly long to establish the rule book is there the rules have to apply you know within the civil service and the system the same as in any other area of uh, employment any other workplace that's the big lesson this government has spectacularly failed to learn that lesson again and again and, have, and again. And have some senior civil servants lessons to learn too. Absolutely. The whole system. Absolutely. But, but my point is this, that the government sets the standard and the government needs to lead from the front. And viewers will know we've had episode after episode, okay. whether it's been appointments to the bench or pay hikes, where, where government has taken it upon it themselves not to be fully forthright or, or not to play fully by the rules all right and we're going to
2: discuss um, that with our panel in more detail a little later in the program but i just want to move on to a cost of living mary oh. mcdonald because it's something that i think every single household in ireland is speaking about at the moment and we had some further announcements today from the government i want to look at what the government has done since october uh, of last year so there's been an increase in the fuel allowance since october Now we have three weeks of an additional fuel allowance worth €100. There's cuts in excess on fuel. We now today have this cut on VAT on our energy bills. There's a €200 energy rebate for everyone and then very specific measures for fuel costs for farmers.
4: Do you disagree with any of those policies? Well, far from disagreeing with the government intervening to help, we've been pressing the government for quite some time now to act... In a way that is coherent and comprehensive not to do everything there's nobody out there who expects that the government can magic away an inflationary crisis which is international in nature we all know this so is there any of but those measures that you know, wouldn't have done well let me well we would Just be we, specific. we would do a lot more than that let me give you one concrete example today we have news that uh, vat will be cut now again we've been raising this for months Uh, The government only began the engagement with the Commission on March 10th, so they were very slow, you know, a day late and a dollar short as uh, ever. But the government line is that this reduction in VAT will compensate for the carbon tax hike that's going to take place in a couple of weeks' time. So it really is a case of robbing Peter to pay Paul. And whereas the government can't do everything... They can do more to give more breathing space. And they certainly, Kira, should not be doing things that make a bad situation worse. Or so that which caused, one of these measures would you families. not have introduced then if you're saying it's making a bad situation worse? Well, well I, would, I, I certainly would not be going ahead with the carbon tax hike on the 1st of May. I think that is wholly uh, ludicrous in, in these circumstances. Nor would I, nor should the government, um, pass legislation to outlaw the sale of turf, um, to families who are really desperately now trying to keep themselves and their homes warm. Okay. Bearing in mind also, Kira, that nothing at all has been done in respect of the cost of home heating oil. And huge numbers of families, particularly in rural areas, but also in some urban uh, areas, rely on filling their tank. And that has grown exponentially. But there hasn't been meant, one thing done uh, uh, to relieve that. that uh, VAT there. Uh, Sinn Féin looking for VAT to be reduced to what? We proposed that it be reduced to zero. To zero. To zero percent on energy no. bills. As, and let me accept, and I, we've made this clear to government, we accept that that would be an emergency measure, that it couldn't be left that way ad infinitum. But we have also, we had said to them for months, for goodness sake, Engage with the European Commission. Have the conversation. They waited until March. So, Leo said today—that's against European law. Listen, you li- say go to Europe. and Listen, Kira. Look last for week, what? last week, Leo Vradkar was telling the doll that it was illegal at all to do anything with VAT to drop it at all. So they've st- they've changed their their story. We know full well that you have to engage with the Commission that you can't go it alone on these matters. But they waited for months and months as people struggled and struggled before they made that move. And even to this day, we don't know what exactly it is that they asked of the European Commission because despite being asked repeatedly, they haven't set out their stall.
2: But isn't one of the difficulties with reducing VATs, whether they've reduced it to 9% or you're calling for 0% Zero. VAT, that that is a measure that benefits Everybody. It is universal. And the ESRA has been very, very clear that any new measures should be targeted. That cut to 0% isn't targeted, Mary Lou. Whether you're a billionaire no. or on social welfare, you benefit equally. No.
4: And uh, I i just have to say that within the, the package that we have proposed, we do propose measures that are very much targeted at lower and middle income households. Yeah, but that one isn't. But, but but, but nor could it be. You can't reduce VAT for one section of the population. So why bother doing it at all if it can't be targeted? Oh, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why it needs to be done. Because there are people living right across the country who are heating one room, if any, who go to bed early, get up late, wrap themselves up because they cannot heat their homes. That's why.
2: But there's also, um, Mary-Lou MacDonald, as you know, people who are not feeling uh, this cost of living
4: crisis to the same extent. And they would also benefit from this cut. And I I can't understand that position. Well, well, listen, I can't understand uh, an argument against uh, intervening to protect people and families and give them breathing room when the vast, vast majority of families right across the country are really struggling and struggling badly. You simply can't target... A measure like VAT reduction to one section of the population. That's not practical, it can't be done, but it absolutely needs to be done. And uh, and there needs to be a far greater sense of urgency and intervention. Okay, let's just move on, just to, move on is, to the issue, sorry Mary,
2: yep, to cut across you, but I do uh, want to get sure. on to the issue of carbon tax because it is a, a major issue now. The government making clear today that any increases have been offset and then some by this cut in
4: VAT. How can you still oppose it when it is? is no longer going to hit people in the pocket? Well, it will hit people in the pocket. That, that's entirely the point. I mean, the government have tried to minimise this move. They've said, well, sure, it's only a few quid. It's not a big deal. And you know what? If you have a big income, if you're not struggling, well, then it is only a few quid. Well, it's €17, but, Euro, I think, on a gas yes, bill a year. But, but 20, if you, if you two are in circumstances where now, today, you can't make your bills... The idea that your government that is supposed to protect you, to give you a bit of breathing space, to have your back would actually increase your costs by any margin is completely uh, is completely off the wall. And to introduce a VAT reduction on the one hand and say, well, we're giving to you with one hand, but we're going to take it back with the other, is clearly not what people need at this time. Clearly, common sense alone Uh, would tell you that. But do you not think
2: it's very important that the money raised from carbon tax is going to fund infrastructure that we need to move us off our reliance on fossil fuels? That's where the money's going. Five billion on a retrofitting scheme. I think one and a half billion to try and incentivise farmers to farm more sustainably. That's where the money's going.
4: Is that not equally as important? Or is the cost of living more important than climate change to you? Well, look, it's, it's not an either or scenario, but the reality is that the cost of living crisis is happening now. People are struggling today. People have to stay warm, provide for but themselves But the world and is burning today, mary a McDonald. Absolutely. But there are things that government could equally be doing today that would greatly enhance Ireland's position to deliver renewables um, and to meet our climate targets, but also to... Uh, secure our energy supply and in fact to achieve energy independence for our our island. Very, very immediate things like resourcing of on board Planola and many, many other things. But they're not doing those things. Instead, they are going and saying to families, we're going to hike up this uh, charge on you. And that to me is simply unfair. And And you're also saying it's
2: unfair to ban the sale of turf from September. So you're saying Don't ban the sale of turf from September and don't um, raise carbon tax. Is Sinn Féin uncomfortable with making the type of decisions that are necessary, politically unpopular decisions that are necessary to try and deal with this climate crisis? Is that one of
4: your weaknesses? No, no, no. Sinn Féin is absolutely uncomfortable and will not accept decisions that punish families that are struggling. Absolutely not. But it's been how, offset. How could that... The carbon tax has been the, offset. The carbon tax... The idea of reducing that was to give relief to families. It's hardly a relief if you give with one hand and you take back with another. That just leaves people at the same position that, that, that they're in today. I mean, that's, that's a ludicrous proposition. We are all very well aware that the climate targets have to be met for 2030 and 2050. We are all... Uh, absolutely committed to that I know in terms of infrastructure and resourcing that big things and small things need to be done by the government and the state to make that possible. To make, for example, wind energy onshore, but offshore in particular, actually work for this economy. And there's a big win for our society in that government needs to get cracking with that. But at a time where we have record levels of inflation and people are literally struggling to get from week to week, no, we will not support in those circumstances a hike in their bills through carbon taxes or, or saying to them, you can't you can't sell turf and for lots of families being no doubt if they're not allowed burn uh, turf in the grate, they cannot heat their homes that's the reality sadly for for many families Uh, i
2: just want to look at an opinion poll which has just come out from the irish times and it has finnafoyle and finnegale up Um, and Sinn Féin down by two uh, and it also has the leaders a bit of movement there Micheál Martin's up by eight and your personal rating down by two so not a great poll um, for Sinn Féin albeit the fact that you are still uh, the strongest party out there but um, going down what are
4: you putting that down to? Well we're on 32% so um, that's a very strong showing in the poll and Obviously, I'm not one, nor are we one bit presumptuous or complacent about the level of support that we enjoy. You go out and you earn your support. Hmm. What I am very clear about is that the appetite for change that we saw in the election in February 2020 Hmm. is still there. It's still very strong. We need to change in government. We need to change in policy, and that much is evident. And we'll have opinion polls will be up a little and down a little, and that's the slings and arrows of of politics. But the, the 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 direction and the trend, I think, is is clear and established. Do you think the accusation that Sinn
2: Féin has been quite soft uh, on Russia are doing damage to the party now? No,
4: because we have not been soft on Russia. Um, and I, I you've think- changed your position. When no, no, we haven't. We have not changed our position. Our position as regards Russia or anywhere else is that the sovereignty of any country must be respected, that, that a country's right to self-determination is absolutely sacrosanct. And we in this country know full well why those matters are important. And that applies in international affairs. We we apply that evenly, whether it's Russia or any other offending power. We are not slow uh, in calling them out when they break the law. And that's what Russia has done. They're bombarding a a sovereign territory. They are the aggressor. They are to be condemned. Mm. And international actors need to take action to stop the war, to establish dialogue and to to re-establish
2: peace. And I accept that they are uh, the aggressor. But back in 2015, and I think again in 2019 and in 2021, when there were uh, resolutions being passed in the European Parliament condemning Russia, condemning um, the gathering of troops close to the Ukrainian border, condemning the annexation of Crimea, uh, Sinn Féin MEPs chose to either vote against those resolutions or abstain from those resolutions. At one point, Lynn Boylan said, your MEP and now senator, said that uh, Europe had been overly confrontational towards Russia.
4: Is that still your position or uh, why did they vote that uh, way? uh, Well, well, our position at that stage was to ensure that all diplomatic measures were deployed because the last thing you want to see is a a, a spiralling into conflict. So... That will always be our first option. The first option should always be to exhaust all diplomatic channels and to ensure that where at all possible, that conflict such as we see is avoided. And let me make this point. But if there was a similar resolution today, Mary Lou, would Sinn Féin abstain from the vote? Absolutely not. So you have changed your position then? No, no, no. The circumstances have changed. We are now dealing with this situation where um, Kyiv... The cities all across the Ukraine are being relentlessly bombarded with shells. And where Putin has invaded a, a sovereign territory with a viciousness and with a disregard for human rights, for human life or for the rule of law. But and many people those... would have said that was happening in Crimea and Sinn Féin well, well, can didn't you, well, can uh, I say, vote to well, condemn that. Well, let me make this point. As that was happening in Crimea, the Irish state and members of this government were actively meeting with um members of the the Russian administration and government. So normal diplomatic channels were kept open all round, Kira. The the game changer was when Putin decided that he could act with impunity and launch a full-scale, outright criminal offensive against Ukraine. And by the way, any other... uh, power that behaves in that way. We okay. equally condemn, we, we condemn the, the state well, of Israel regularly for, for similar behaviour.
2: Do you agree with Lynn Boylan that Europe was overly confrontational towards Putin and Russia?
4: Well, uh, I, I think at that time there was a debate around the alignment of Ukraine, Ukraine almost as being a battleground between NATO and Russia. And, and all of the politics that flowed uh, from that. I'm sure that's the context in which Lynn made so that they statement. Were. No, no, I, I, I am saying that uh, the, the circumstances then, when, when you are a military neutral and when you believe in it, we're not a flag carrier for NATO or for any other uh, alliance. We're straight down the middle Good faith uh, brokers that are guided by diplomacy, multilateral institutions, okay. and the rule of law, and that means at times that you will be critical of all parties and or, or none. But in circumstances where an act of aggression such as that carried out by Russia happens, there is no grey area in that. We know who the aggressor okay. is. We know who's broken the law, and we are not afraid. To call that out.
2: All right, Mary Lou McDonald, uh, the leader of Sinn Féin. Thank you, thank you. for joining me this evening. Um, after the break, the government say that their new measures to tackle fuel prices is the best they can do, but is it enough? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already
1: hear the beach waves.
2: You're very welcome back. Now, following on from that earlier interview with Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald, I'd like to welcome for a bit of reaction my panel, Minister of State for Trade Promotion, Digital and Company Regulation Robert Troy, Political Correspondent for the Irish Times, Harry Magee, Independent TD, Verona Murphy, and Consumer Journalist Sinead Ryan. Uh, And Sinead, I want to start with you. Um, Mary Lou MacDonald saying in that interview, look, Sinn Féin would do things differently uh, when it came to the rising cost uh, of living. Do you think there is something else the government could do or something else that Sinn Féin would do better?
1: Well, she also said that governments can't fix everything. And I think that was probably the truer statement because that's absolutely the case. I mean, this was not a mess of our making um, and inflation is now a global issue. And in fact, we're not even the worst country. Uh, And it is very, very difficult to find supports and then target them. Now, what I think the government has done is we pivoted so well to do this during COVID. It was instant, you know, no messing about. Anybody who needed money got money. So there's a little bit of that about it again. But like all this money has to be paid back. It's not just a case of mess magic it, magicing it out of the air. It's almost two billion at this yeah. point in the cost of living measures yeah. alone. And there's lots of stuff that isn't within our control. So the thing like on the home heating oil, I, I heard um, Mary Lou McDonald saying, well, I would, I would cut the thing on that. That's not within our gift. And there's a lot of this stuff that we have to get permission for and we can't just do overnight. There's some stuff we can be doing and we should be maybe targeting the supports a lot more. There are lots and lots of families out there getting the 200 quid. They'll be delighted with it but they don't need it. They'll be managing without it. And therefore maybe getting away to target that earlier the fuel allowance um, I think that was a good move now increasing the extra 100 quid to them but actually there's a whole bunch of families getting the one family payment who are on the margins they probably are really struggling with those energy bills they're not going to get anything extra that's a shame and that's something that maybe could be changed
2: Uh, Verona (coughs) Mary Lee MacDonald they're clearly still opposed to the carbon tax increase notwithstanding what the government said today that those increases have been completely offset and then some are you still
5: opposed they're not offset at all and yes i'm one of the 10 tds who actually opposed the climate action bill entirely i voted against it like the reality is it's still a tax targeted measures they tell you you know it's going towards retrofitting who can afford 56,000 euros to do a deep retrofit it's certainly not within my gift or many of the people that live in rural ireland and by the way the vat reduction will do nothing for the price of a bag of coal which has doubled in the last six months heating oil has more than trebled in price so i mean a vat reduction what we need here like what was radical last week is mainstream today we're in a war scenario and i've said it before we don't need permission we can tear up the rule book given the gift because we're in a war scenario. We have to take radical measures. Radical measures wouldn't mean reducing that to zero. It would be so what's but a radical I, measure then for you? To remove the 55% tax take from fuel—that's diesel—and the 50, almost 52% from petrol. That's how we can control it. We can't control the, the commodity price. Dave MacWilliams, by the way, has agreed with me, and has said as much last week. We have to be radical if we are to allow And where do people, we plug
2: the hole in the finances created by that?
5: Well, this? it's not. You see, the focus is wrong here, Kieran. I've said it before. The focus is on. How much will it cost? It's what will it cost if we don't do it? If you if but you we have to were to balance the books. But you're balanced the books at a better time. It's only a temporary emergency measure. Nobody is suggesting that removing tax would be just done across the board forever. It's a temporary emergency measure because we're in a wartime situation. This is important. If if the civil service alone were right. to demand a 10% wage increase, the civil and public service, it'd cost us $3 billion. But if we increase the dole queue from the people who are telling me they can't afford to go to work and we increase social protection queue to 8% that will cost us about 5 billion. Uh,
2: Robert Troy were the measures today radical enough as Verona says?
6: Well, I think government is faced with difficult decisions um, obviously we have to try and uh, help and combat and mitigate against the severity of the inflationary pressures that are on at the moment these are not of our making it is an international crisis and at the same time we've to introduce measures that's not going to contribute and increase inflation and i think today uh, measures, coupled with what was done in February, and coupled with the budget in 2000 or, or in, in October gone by for 2022, we have committed 2.7 billion euros uh, in, in supports to help people who are suffering.
2: Where are today's measures targeted enough? So, some some measures have, are
6: universal in their approach in terms of the 200 euro. Um, uh, energy credit that was originally brought in and the, VAT uh, cut. and the VAT cut but there are also measures that are introduced targeted specifically for people who are most adversely affected and but why and did and the government so?
2: introduce that VAT cut which is a universal benefit when the ESRI made it very clear in a report a couple of weeks ago that any further measures needed to be targeted. Well it was what government wa-
6: did today is they introduced a new an additional payment for people on on the fuel allowance 125 euros uh, additional uh, come, going to be paid in May. Uh, the VAT reduction does will benefit people who are on a lower income, but it will benefit more broad people on a broader skint as well. And that was done in terms of the introduction of the carbon tax because what we wanted to ensure is that we didn't want to. Ha- additional pressure on people oh, right. at this time. But the point I'd like to make in relation to the carbon tax is that the money that is raised from this is being spent and put back into people who most need it and by giving people supports in terms of retrofitting their houses, uh, putting in insulation in their walls, insulating in their attic, we're bringing down their cost of energy bills not just this year but every okay. year into the future.
2: Harry McGee, is the carbon tax now going ahead? It's a, it's a done deal?
3: It is going ahead. I mean, the, I think the whole purpose, uh, politically the purpose of today's announcement uh, was to uh, to parry the uh, the effects of carbon tax because the government knew it was going to take a big political hit once the carbon tax increases uh, were implemented at the end of this month. So they had to do something essentially to lance the boil or to soften the blow and that was a package today. And if you looked at the way in which it was presented uh, they were saying that the cuts in VAT and other measures that were introduced more than compensated uh, for the uh, proposed increases in, uh, in carbon taxes. Pascal Donoghue had all the figures uh, to hand. So the, the, the government knew there was a political difficulty in relation to it. Uh, now, the universal uh, uh, cuts have been controversial uh, because they're not, not targeted. It's easier to do. Uh, but uh, they have been controversial. But I think some of the suggestions that have been made by Verona, I mean, you know, we're not in a war economy. We still have rule, the rule of law here. We're not, it's not Ukraine. Uh, we still have to uh, adhere to EU law, and there are limits on what we can reduce in relation to that, because we have a derogation at the moment. If we reduce too much, we're going to lose derogation, and it's going to go up in the future. And Verona also talked about it being of a temporary nature. This war is not going to be of a temporary nature. It's beginning to be bedded in. The effects of this war, yeah, this I, war I, will Harry, superate for a year or for more. I
5: don't disagree that, we're, that we don't know how long the war is going to go on for, but the reality is that we also may run out of time as opposed to money. The ECB has offered money at very low interest rates. The government need to take measures, drastic measures, that we would not see before. As I said, but, what's But these radical- are measures that I don't think we
2: have seen before. Oh. A cut in excess, a cut
5: in vat, but an energy not- rebate, listen, a fuel already, allowance increase. We've already reduced a fuel allowance increase that doesn't a carer on a carer's allowance in Ireland doesn't receive the fuel allowance They're that's not, not true that is true the carer many, in carers,
6: being many carers receive some, the fuel allowance not many some some, some I, don't it's a, means sorry, it is, it's a means of payment. Sorry, it's a means test you made, payment. You made a comment there that carers don't receive it
5: I said the, many don't receive it the vast it. majority of them it's do it's not a prerequisite to getting fuel allowance and the issue here is that there are many many people who don't receive it the VAT reduction doesn't apply to a bag of coal which has doubled in price and that's many people in rural Ireland. It's their only source of heating. A back boiler, use of but coal. The so reality is these measures are not drastic. I have carers. Okay, so, so what, so this is really important. Carers in rural Ireland saving the government money by keeping okay, people in let's, their homes Robert, let's who get can't afford in. to go to work.
6: Yes, and, and that's why we increased the carers' allowance in okay. the last budget. That's why we, we increased the rest by care grant and that's why we, we had brought in targeted measures. You made what about a, the you carer
5: made, using their if, car if, if, in rural Ireland to drive
6: daily that can't
5: afford to go yeah. to
6: work? Well, you're, you're not going to worry about the carers in a couple of months' time. When, if, you, if you slash the, the VAT now and it, 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 when it's restored, okay. it goes back up to 23%. All right, look, what look, do you th- care about the carers then? Okay, what you're Shanaeus. proposing now was reckless, Verona, and it takes no, no account it's of the term
2: No, it's not. Sorry for all that, I'm just going to bring Sinead back in there. Sinead, there's been, I suppose, a number of measures at this point and it can be sometimes difficult... um, to to recall them all. In terms of what your uh, average family has received, Mm -hmm. how far has that gone to offset the energy price increase?
1: Uh, Well, my colleagues in the Irish Independent today ran a kind of um, a table on what measures are coming out. Now, we have to stay awake for this. They're changing by the day, it seems. So, you know, we have to to watch it. But the average uh, annual increase in prices is probably around seven hundred euros now. Okay, now that's a huge amount of money. These new measures, if you are on the fuel allowance uh, with the extra um, load, you'll get about four hundred and eight euros savings with the VAT, the carbon tax, and the and the. Uh, Uh, allowance itself and uh, if you're not on the fuel allowance it'll be 308 so it'll mitigate it to about half uh, of the increases but bear in mind here we may not have seen all of the increases yet the three main companies four main companies have come out now and said this is what we're doing and in two of the cases at least they've said we're future proofing ahead because they don't want to be increasing this if they can help it again so hopefully there's a padding built in we're coming into the warmer months of the year I think the bigger issue is going to be what happens happens from October onwards.
2: Um, Pascal Dunne, who said today, and I should note, he did say a couple of weeks ago, that's it. But today he seemed to be saying, uh, Harry McGee, that is it, it. There is no more.
3: No, uh, because I think he's he's coming right up against the limits of the budgetary mm. framework. And he was very careful to say that all of the uh, um, changes that were announced today will only run until the 31st of of October. Of October oh. And anything that happens after that would be the subject of the of the budget that's actually drafted. Uh, in October. Everyone uh, is right about it. I mean, home heating oil has been one of the issues that they haven't been able to resolve. Mm-hmm. And he tried to explain it today by saying, if we reduced VAT for that, we'd have to reduce VAT for loads of other things and it would no longer be targeted. And We'd be spending loads of exchequer money for stuff that wasn't necessarily focused at cost of living. And they have brought in a couple of measures uh, to try to compensate for that. But to me, they seem to be incoherent. I think people who rely completely on uh, home heating oil will probably feel the hardest done by, mm-hmm. uh, by this cost of living pack, package today. Look, and just
5: to they, make, just to make sorry, the point I that people... Just no, you Rob, before there. No, that's Robert say, I'm afraid, I think he, he has to, had to, last time.
6: Just to make the point that for people who are under extreme financial pressure, the Community Welfare Office is available to help that's, and assist people and people can get support there. But it is wrong to say that this government has not gone to address the concerns... Where we possibly it's not can within the con- far
5: enough what, well, and I think that's where you're going to find okay. when inflation no what, rises. No matter what we announce today, you are going continues. to come out and say it's not gone Robert, far enough. In fairness, All when right, inflation to continues take a break. to rise, these
2: measures won't be radical enough. Uh, we'll leave it there for the minute, but do join us after the break because we will de- we'll be discussing turf wars. Harry, I want to go to you um, regarding a story I suppose has been breaking this evening about Leo Varadkar and comments he's made at the Parliamentary Party meeting about this ban on the sale of turf, which was meant to be introduced come September. He has told the meeting tonight, it's like telling the French they can't have wine or the Italians they can't have pasta and it's going to be paused apparently. What's going on?
3: Well, perhaps he's speaking from uh, somewhere inside a Paul Henry uh, painting. <laughs> And this image of kind of uh, bucolic Irish countryside with thatched cottages and a spiral of turf, it's it's changed. I mean, turf is is commercially harvested and sold mainly in rural areas, but also uh, evidently in in some towns at the moment. And the difficulty with turf is because it's not dried out properly, it has a high level of pollutant in it. And uh, they've banned smoky coal in cities and Irish towns beginning in 1990. And they've, expe- they've extended it. But the reason that they can't introduce a nationwide ban on smoky coal is because there are other polluting uh, uh, fossil fuels, yeah. like turf and wood, uh, that are openly on sale. So you have what's to be. what's the
2: story with turf now? Because Eamon Ryan said, I think, only this evening, that that ban on the sale of turf is going to be introduced in September. And now we're hearing from Leo Vradker, his colleague in government. No, it's not. It's paused.
3: Well, he, he said that it's going to be paused. I think it will be the subject of discussion. There's been a, uh, a big backlash uh, against the move uh, from uh, mainly rural uh, backbenchers in Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael and some independents as well, most of whom are living in places which have bogs or where turf is produced. And they're saying that it's kind of a cliff edge. Barry Kahn from Fianna Fáil was saying it's a cliff edge, that this ban from September, you know, won't allow people to adjust. And people who are reliant on turf uh, for heat in their house uh, won't have any feasible alternatives, you know, in such a short period of time. So is this a bit
2: of a split then? Yeah, I mean, Eamon, Eamon
3: Ryan is adamant that they've been talking about this for over 20 years, And they still haven't implemented. And he just said it's time that it's implemented now and alternatives will be found. The difficulty is, the political difficulty is that if it's introduced at the end of September, there will be a a time lag and there will be some people who will suffer as a consequence. The government are going to, if they do introduce it, they're going to have to make sure that those people are looked after.
2: So, Robert, what's happening? Is it going to be introduced in September, a ban from September or not?
6: Well, my understanding is that anybody who has terbury rights, that is to have their own bog and a family bog, they will continue to have the right to cut and harvest turf for their own use or their family use. Uh, What Minister Ryan is trying to achieve is to prohibit uh, the commercialisation of uh, peat harvesting. So what's Minister Bradcar trying to achieve? Well, what what Minister Ryan has agreed, and he said this to me himself yesterday, is that he will have engagements in relation uh, to the introduction of these regulations. Uh, I do believe that he does need to engage with both Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael Party, uh, and compromise needs to be reached in this area, uh, because... Uh, What's the
2: compromise here? What's your own position?
6: What I I think needs to happen is we need to realise that this year, we only introduced the sustainable energy grants to enable and encourage people to retrofit their homes, to introduce new heating measures. Okay. That is going to take a number of years to, to be introduced. Do so you agree and it roll, should be roll, roll. paused? I agree what it needs to be is on a phase basis to give people an opportunity to ensure that they have an alternative heating system in their place. But we will engage with Minister Ryan over the, the next number of weeks uh, and ensure that we can come to a, a compromise position uh, before the end of the year.
0: You Bruna.
5: won't engage, you'll just wait till It's so as you can stay in power, and the reality here is that that's what's going on. At every, it's the same as the carbon tax being out. It's because you want to stay in power. Everybody else has been thrown under the bus. The reality is, Turbury rights, so, we're not going to stop burning turf, we're actually just going to stop people from buying it, which is the equivalent of telling the French if you can't make wine, you can't drink it. It's outrageous. It's an attack on rural Ireland and it continues. The rural divide just keeps widening and widening. I have made proposals to Minister Ryan to remove the Dublin Port Tunnel barrier. It expends 40,000 litres of fuel into an atmosphere that the EPA says is the most damaging to lung health and there has been no attempt. No attempt to save the people of Dublin.
6: The, the, the rule of law might not matter to, to Verona, but uh, the High Court has given a judgment in relation to the, har- the industrial and harvesting well, of peat, and it has stopped us. And what right. the we, fact we, that we didn't a,
5: bring in a smoky and, coal and, and, ban on with Northern Ireland, which means that you it, still has still
6: sto- it has stopped the industrial harvesting of peat, and we're not uh, allowed to do it. I just want to bring, bring in Sinead so Ryan so here. Let's be honest and clear in terms of what... Okay.
5: rights are there. Verona, I just want to bring in Sinead Ryan here.
6: And that's what we want to see happening. We hear
2: from Sinn Féin, we hear now from Verona this opposition to carbon tax, this opposition now to turf, um, the selling of turf, how difficult it is for the opposition to embrace these climate
1: changes these climate measures listen there was always going to be a trade-off with climate measures everybody's for it until it costs a lot of money Um, look i think it's agreed by everybody that the kindest place to leave turf is in the ground it's better for us and the planet uh, and the only nice thing about burning it is the smell and we shouldn't be doing it all right we have
2: to leave it there my thanks to my panel take care everybody good night